0: This is Thurman Hayes, pastor of First Baptist Church of Suffolk, Virginia. We want to welcome you to this message from our services at First Baptist. We're a congregation that is seeking to touch lives through the life changing power of the gospel. I pray that you'll encounter Christ in his power and love even now as you listen. We are beginning a new series uh, today for Advent. So, today and for the next two Sundays, we're going to be looking at, uh, at John 1 through 18. This is what scholars call the prologue of the Gospel of John. And I'm calling this series, A Light in the Darkness. And so this morning, we're going to look at verses 1 through 5. We're going to talk about light and life. And so if you'll turn in your Bibles uh, to John chapter 1, and we're going to look this morning at verses 1 through 5. Light and life. I'm going to ask you to stand as we look at God's word together. John chapter 1, and beginning with verse 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were created through him and apart from him. Not one thing was created that has been created. In him was life. And that life was the light of men. That light shines in the darkness. Yet the darkness did not overcome it. You can be seated. And Father, as we come to this uh, majestic part of your, your word over the next three weeks, we pray that you would, would reveal to us through your spirit who your son is and why he came. And so we pray that you would, would work deeply in our lives this morning. Father, you, you, you give life Spiritual life, as we sung, sung earlier, Jesus came to give us second birth. We, we've all been born once, but we need to be born twice. We need to be born again of the Spirit. You give life and you give light. We don't have to grope around in the darkness, because Christ has come. And so we pray that you would speak to us now about life and light, and prepare our hearts to give at the end of this service so that more people would know that good news that, that light and life could come to them who are in a place of, of utter darkness where your word has never been proclaimed help us to be able to shine that light through our giving and prepare our hearts for that right now as we study your word. And we pray it in Jesus' name, amen. One of the most uh, beautiful sporting venues uh, that I've ever visited is uh, Augusta National Golf Club. It's the site of the, the Masters Golf Tournament. And one of the really cool and classy things about Augusta National is the, the driveway that that leads up to the clubhouse. It's called... Magnolia Lane. It's pictured here. You can see the magnolia trees kind of forming a a tunnel and the white clubhouse kind of peeking out through the the trees. The day that my son and I went to the masters, we did not drive down Magnolia Lane. Um, (laughs) They parked us out in in Timbuktu somewhere. Only the foyers kind of use Magnolia Lane, but it's the driveway is just kind of a it's appropriate, right? Because it's sort of, a, it's sort of a, a magical portal into a really beautiful, majestic place. And the prologue of John is like that. Uh, John, John 1, 1 through 18, which we're going to look at over the next three weeks. It's like a driveway into the gospel of John. It's kind of like this, this majestic portal that just takes us into this gospel and, and, and opens up for us who Jesus is and, and why he came. So John is different from the other three gospels in a lot of ways. And one of the ways that it's different is that John doesn't tell us like details about the, the birth of Christ, manger and Bethlehem, and none of that is, is in the gospel of John. Instead, John takes us back even further. He takes us back into eternity past to explain who Jesus is and why he came. And so we're going to look at both of those questions this morning. The first one is, who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? Verses 1 through 3. The Bible says, "...in the beginning was the Word." and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were created through him, and apart from him, not one thing was created that has been created. So this is another difference in the Gospel of John. John gives Jesus the title, the Word. The Word. You don't see that in the other three Gospels. The the word is logos in, in 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 Greek so why does why does john refer to jesus as the logos the word well john kind of kind of lives between two worlds he's got kind of one foot planted in the jewish world. John himself was 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 Jewish. He was raised with the with the Old Testament as other Jews were. And so he's trying to reach Jews and 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 he knows that they're gonna be Jewish readers of his gospel, but then his other foot is planted in the Gentile world. He's trying to reach Greek people, Gentile people who did not grow up with the Old Testament. And in in referring to Jesus as the Logos, the Word, John is, John's being a missionary. (laughs) We're talking a lot about missions today. We're we're giving for missions at the end of the service. John, in using the term Word for Jesus, is really reaching out to both Jews and Greeks. But those two groups of people thought about, they had very different things in their mind when they thought about the The word of God. So for Jewish people, when they thought about the word, the one thing that they thought about was God's creative power. Because when you read the Old Testament, what happens in Genesis? God speaks and stuff happens, right? God says, let there be light. There was light. And so God speaks the world into his existence through his word he also reveals himself through his word a lot of times in the old testament you see the expression that the word of the lord came to them as god reveals himself so what do we see about jesus what do we just read about jesus in verses one through five we saw that, that, that Jesus was the Father's agent in, in creation. We saw that in verse three. Apart from him, nothing was created that has been created. And what we're, we're also going to see as we continue walking through verses 1 through 18 is that Jesus reveals who God is, right? So his creative power and his revealing power are both on display in, in, in Jesus. And so that would speak to Jewish readers. But, but John's also trying to reach Gentiles, Greeks. And, and they had heard of the Logos, but when they thought of the Logos, they weren't thinking of the same thing that Jewish people were thinking about. Because in sort of the the Gentile Greek-speaking world, the Greco-Roman world in which John's ministering, um, Greek-speaking people thought of the the logos, the word, as sort of a philosophical principle. But when they thought about the word, they thought of sort of a principle that sort of uh, binds everything together and gives order and purpose to the universe, it's interesting, that the week that I was working on this message, it was the week that, uh, that the new streaming app came out from Disney, Disney Plus, and, uh, and the first thing that I did was I went back and I looked at the first Star Wars movie, and there's this conversation in the original Star Wars movie between Luke Skywalker and, and Obi-Wan Kenobi about the Force, And so Luke asks Obi-Wan, what is the the force? And Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, played by Alec Guinness, says to Luke Skywalker, he says, the force surrounds us and penetrates us. It binds the galaxy together. That's not far (laughs) from what Greeks were thinking about when they thought about the word, But now John is gonna say something that is going to grab their attention. Because what John is gonna tell them is that the word is not some abstract philosophical principle, nor is it an impersonal force. The word is a person, a person who loves you, A person who has come to you, a person you can know. Tell you what else is gonna grab the attention of, of, of Jewish readers is the first three words of John's Gospel. What are they? In the beginning. So what would Jewish people who were raised with the Old Testament, what would have gone through their minds when they saw the first three words of the Gospel of John? First three words of the Bible, right? Genesis 1 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So, what point is John making here by beginning his gospel the same way as the first three words of the Bible? Genesis is about what? It's about creation. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. What's John going to be about? John's going to be about new creation. New creation. That that life can begin again. In fact, it it, it must begin again for all of us. He's going to tell us in John 3 that, that, that you must be born again. We sang it earlier in that great Christmas hymn that Jesus was born to give us second birth. We need a second birth. We've all been born once physically of the flesh. But in order to know God, we have to be born again, born a second time, born of the the spirit. And so this this gospel is about new creation. Jesus has come to give us new life, a new birth. We we also see something really cool here about the the Trinity, don't we? Because he, he says in verse one, and the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So the term with, the, the Greek word, it doesn't mean sort of casually with, it means intimately with. So it says the Word was with God, but then he says the Word was God. So that, that, that teaches us something foundational about the Trinity, right? And that all three persons of the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, all share in the same divine nature, same divine essence, and yet they are distinct, right? Word was with God, and the Word was God. Note also here in verses 1 through 3, the the eternality of Jesus. J- John is going to great pains to stress this. What does he say in verse one? In the beginning was the word. Again, in verse two, he was with God in the beginning. In other words, he wants to stress, there was never a time when Jesus was not. Jesus, unlike us, was not created. It's <laughs> not a created being. No, he was, he was not in the made category because <laughs> he was the maker. Verse three, all things were created through him and apart from him was not one thing created that has been created. Now listen, this is an exalted view of Jesus. Man, it is meant to be. You know, it, it's interesting how <clears throat> when, when, we're, when we're kids, we think of things as so big and then when we become adults, we'll go back to maybe some of those same places that we were at as kids, and those places that just seem so enormous, they kind of seem underwhelming <laughs> to us. And they, maybe, maybe the place where you went to school or something like that as a child, and you thought of the building in your mind's eye, that building is just so huge, and you go back as an adult, and it's just kind of, eh, not too big or adults when we're kids all adults just seem you know big to us but the bigger that we get the less big that they that they seem but with Christ it's not like that the the more that we come to know him the bigger he gets to us that's a great scene in Prince Caspian uh, part of the Chronicles of of Narnia and uh and it's a scene where one of the children, Lucy, has been lost, and she's been wandering around and trying to find her way, and Aslan, the lion, who represents Jesus, Aslan comes to her, and they have this, this conversation that takes place, welcome child, Aslan says, Aslan says, Lucy, you're bigger. That's because you're a little older, little one, he answers. Not because you are, she asks. Aslan says, I am not. But every year you grow, you will find me bigger. Every year you grow, you will find me bigger. That's the way it is with Christ. Every every year that we grow in him... The, the, the bigger that we see that he is, and the more we see that we are able to trust him. That, you know, as we think about you know, giving at the end of the service, that's really what that goes back to. Can we trust him? Can we trust him to give generously? That he's, can we trust that he's going to really provide for us if we give super generously? The more that we grow in Christ, the bigger, the bigger that we see that he is, and the more that we see we can trust him. Who is Jesus? Second question that John is addressing here in verses one through five is why did Jesus come? Why did Jesus come to earth? Let's check out verses 4 and and 5. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. That light shines in the darkness, and yet the darkness did not overcome it. Now here, we're, we're introduced to two key words in John, in the prologue of John. Life and light. So why did Jesus come? First of all, Jesus came to bring life. Jesus came to bring life. Verse four, in him was life. And that life was the light of men. Now we saw in verse three that Jesus was there at creation. In fact, that he was the father's agent in creation. And so we were given physical life at that point but we need more than physical life we need a we need a second birth we need to be born again we need to be born of the of the spirit and 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 why is that why do we need spiritual life because apart from Christ we are spiritually dead Ephesians 2.1 says, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins. That's who we all are apart from Christ. We are spiritually dead. Sometimes we, many people think of Christianity as, you know, something that's about kind of helping people reform and, you know, kind of making bad people good. But Jesus really didn't come to make bad people good, he came to make dead people alive. Give a new life in Christ. Everything is transformed. All things have become new. He makes us alive. Ephesians 2, 4 and 5. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love that he had for us, made us alive with Christ. Even though we were dead in trespasses, you were saved by grace and so Jesus came to bring life second Jesus came to bring light Jesus came to bring light let's look again at at verses 4 and 5 in him was life and that life was the light of men that light shines in the darkness and yet the darkness did not overcome it Again, we needed spiritual light because apart from Christ, we are in darkness. We do not have light. Jesus later on in this gospel in John 8:12 is going to say, "I am the light of the world. Anyone who follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life." But what is the implication of that verse? That apart from Christ, we are not in the light. We are in darkness spiritual darkness at creation god said let there be light and there was light physical light but we need spiritual light and that is only found in christ second corinthians 4 and verse 6 For God who said, let light shine out of darkness has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of God's glory in the face of Jesus Christ. Let's look at verse four again. In him was life and that life was the light of men. One night in February of 1954 a navy pilot took off from an aircraft carrier in the sea of Japan and after he took off he had gone some distance and there was a catastrophic electrical failure in the in the cockpit And so his whole instrument panel and everything in the cockpit was just suddenly pitch dark. The pilot said, I looked around and could see absolutely nothing. The blackness outside the plane had suddenly come inside. Wow. How scary would that be? But then in desperation he he looked down outside the window down at the at the ocean and he saw a, a trail of of glowing light just like this it was phosphorescent algae that the aircraft carrier had churned up as it as it made its way through the the sea and the, the trail of of light led him home to to safety. That Navy pilot, by the way, was Jim Lovell, who would go on to to command Apollo, the astronaut who would go on to command Apollo 13. His life was saved by the light. And it's the light that leads us home to safety in Christ. Christ. But there are millions of people who are in utter darkness. There is no one there to tell them about the light. That's why we take part in this offering that we're gonna do in just a moment. It's so that people who are in darkness can have access to the light. It's a way that we push back the darkness that people are are dwelling in. We, we have a hard time comprehending this in this country with our exposure to the gospel. But there are so many millions of people who have little or no access to the gospel. It should not be. It should not be. Dr. Chitwood asked the question last Sunday, why are you here? Why are you here why do we remain here after God saves us? And part of the reason to that is because we've been given a purpose so that we can shine the light to other people who have not yet heard. Our giving is the way that we hold the ropes so that so that others can go, so that others can be sent and so that others can stay on the field. And shining the light of the of the gospel. Look again at verse five. The light shines in the darkness, and yet the darkness did not overcome it. I can't tell you what this verse has meant in my life, but there have been times in my own life that had been with times dark times. And it was this verse, this verse, and specifically at one point, it was, it was, it was this verse that that God used to just fill, fill me with, with, with hope. Because this verse is, it's an acknowledgement that so many things about this fallen world and its present condition are Dark. I don't have to convince you of that. You can look around, you can see the news, and sometimes you experience the darkness even in your own life. And this verse is, is an acknowledgement, an honest acknowledgement of that. That there's darkness in this present fallen world. But the light shines in the darkness. Darkness. And the best news is that the darkness did not overcome it. Because Jesus came to face down the darkness, to challenge the darkness, and to overcome the darkness. But how did he do that? He did that by taking the darkness on himself. That's why as Jesus was hanging on the cross that everything became dark. Because Jesus had taken the darkness of our sins within himself. And then he rose from the dead, defeating the dark powers of sin and darkness. They could not overcome him. And so we give. We pray, we go, we have a team in Thailand now, and we give so that many, many other thousands can go. Our goal as a denomination this year is $165 million. The bulk of IMB's budget comes from the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. Our goal as a church is $65,000 as we join together that the light may shine among the last, the least, and the lost in the dark places of this earth. Let's pray together as we prepare to give. Father, we thank you for the life and the light of Christ that we have experienced we thank you for the new life that you have given us, the second birth, a new beginning. We thank you, Father, that all things have become new in Christ, that we have been saved through the good news of this gospel. But as your word tells us, how can, how can people be saved unless they hear? And how can they hear Unless someone goes and tells them. And how can they go? Unless they are sent. And so today our our church is is part of that sending. As we we give together. We thank you for the light of the gospel. That has shown. And we, we thank you for... The fact that we have incredible access to, the, to the, that light, the news of that light in this, in this country. But we pray that you would burden our hearts and that you would break our hearts for those around the world who have little or no access to this news. And, and we pray that as we give that others would be able to, to go to places where that light has never shown with the good news of Jesus that glad tidings of praise would ring out to our King from every city on earth, every town, every village, every farm that we would all join together In praise of our King. For it's in His name that we pray. Amen. I hope you've been blessed by this message. Christ is the answer for every need, now and for all eternity. As someone once said, Jesus plus nothing equals everything. And everything minus Jesus equals nothing. Have you trusted in Jesus as your Savior? If not, why not now? His arms are open wide to receive you. It may help to pray a prayer like this. Father, I know that you are holy and that I have sinned and fallen short of your glory. I know that you are a righteous God who must punish sin, but I believe that your son Jesus took my punishment for me, died in my place, and rose from the dead so that I could have eternal life. Right now, I turn to Jesus and trust Almighty God, the Lord of this universe, the one who possesses all authority in heaven and earth, is now your loving father, and you are his child. You say, I love him. How can I honor God with the rest of my life? Well, when you love someone, you want to spend time with him. We get to know God through his word, through prayer, and through his people. I would encourage you to pick up a copy of the Bible and begin to read it. Begin to pour out your heart to him in prayer At FBCSuffolk.org. Tell me what God is doing in your life. If you have spiritual questions I could help you with, please let me know. We're on this journey together.